I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. And I say all this because I get I get that some people are like, I'm not the one on the Enneagram. I'm not the A personality type. I'm not this. I'm not that. Yeah, but you're tired of running around like a chicken with its head cut off, aren't you? <laughs> like, live into this a little bit. A little bit goes a long way. It really does. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast the show for ambitious women ready to get off the hot mess express. I know you've got a lot going on. You work so hard. You're raising an incredible family, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm your host, Michelle Grosser. I'm a certified master life coach, attorney, wife, and mom. And years ago, I was right where you are. I was running a busy law practice while raising a family, and I was on the fast track to burnout. I thought I just needed to be more organized or have better routines, but it was learning how to heal and regulate my nervous system that expanded my capacity to gracefully hold more of this big, beautiful life. You too are worthy of an extraordinary life in and beyond motherhood. Learning to be a calm, anchoring presence in your home and at work is going to be your superpower. If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast. I am your master coach, Michelle Grosser. And today on the podcast, I'm so grateful you're joining us because we have a conversation with Chelsea Jo Moore. Chelsea Joe is the host of the top-ranking Systemize Your Life podcast. You guys, I have been listening to her podcast for years, and it has had such an impact on my just how I organize my days and my weeks and my life. I still use her systems in my paper planner, and it's really allowed me to get myself organized and be able to do all of the things that I do without feeling as overwhelmed as I felt before I started using her systems. 
So she's the owner of ChelseaJoe.co. She's the creator of the Systemize Your Life Academy. She is a mom. She's a wife. She's a Joanna Gaines fangirl. I love that. Um, and she just knows. She knows how hard it is to balance work from home life. She's done it. And she created these simple solutions so that she can take us from overwhelmed to organized in just a few weeks. So I'm so grateful that she accepted my invitation to be here on the show and teach you guys all of her magic. Uh, her mission is really just to make sure that women know that we don't have to choose, right? We can do both. We can succeed at home and we can succeed in our business. We just need a few simple systems to help make it happen. So enjoy this conversation. I know you're going to leave encouraged and inspired and motivated, and you're all going to want to whip out your planners and restructure how you're doing things so that you can do it with more ease and more grace. Elsie Joe, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I can't wait to dive in. Yes. I was telling you before we started recording that I've been listening to your podcast for a while now. So this is so cool that all of the things that I've learned through your episodes, you'll have an opportunity today to share with all of my listeners. And you guys will definitely want to check out her website and her programs and her podcast because for all of us busy mamas, there is so much to learn to make our lives easier and more fun and full of joy. But before we kind of jump into all of that today, just tell us a little bit about you and your family and kind of your journey through systemizing and all of this work that you're doing now. Yeah, it's been such an incredible journey. Crazy that I'm even sitting here. (laughs) I am a wife to a firefighter and real estate investor, not both of them, but he does both of them, not <laughs> two separate, but he does both of them. And we have two little girls, a 10 year old and a five year old. And I actually am used to be a certified sign language interpreter. So I'm kind of a retired corporate mom. And I also ran a wedding and event styling and floral design company for seven years. I did that company with my mom And throughout that process, I was a single mom, actually, to my 10-year-old daughter. And then I ended up meeting Blaine, and we got married, and then we added Bailey May to our family. And I very quickly saw that I had a new marriage, a new baby. Our daughter has to go and see her biological dad, so we had shared parenting time sometimes. And Then I was trying to do this business on the side while I was still having to make money for my sign language interpreting. And, you know, I had worked my way into a place where I could kind of make my own hours with that job. So it felt like a good time to have another side hustle. And I was working really hard at it. And people were like, how are you doing this? How do you like have your makeup on and your hair done and your house always smells amazing? And you're not like drowning over there. And I did feel like there was too much, you know, and I knew that I knew that every time I went into another woman's life that I was managing all of those things really well. And, and they weren't because they weren't doing this thing that I didn't know at the time was systems, but I did know that I wanted to share it with everybody that I met because I wanted them to experience the joy. And I wanted them to be able to be as high achieving in their life as they wanted to be and not be held back by the things that they felt like they had to do and then get lost in the mundane of it. And really this whole thing comes, my passion for what I do 
is because I watched my mom her whole life give up the things and not necessarily give up, but like fit in the cracks of the day, the little things that she wanted to do. And she never really fully got to evolve into those things because she was so busy being the best mom, being the best wife and being the best keeper of the house and working jobs like in the middle of the night, she threw newspapers and like she worked at our schools so that she could be there and be available for us. And like, I just knew my whole life that there was a piece of her that she never got to explore. And it made me sad as her daughter. And, and I never wanted that to be my story. And because of that, I thought that I had to pick growing up. I never wanted kids ever. And here I am the host of a podcast that teach teaches moms. Like, you know, it's just so crazy because I thought that you had to pick either your career or your family. And so I wanted to have a career. Like I went to college. I wanted to have a career. I wanted to excel in my career and I did. And then I was like, what the heck? I want to be married and have kids too. (laughs) And that's where I landed. And so I started teaching everybody that I could get my fingers on, which were basically like my best friends that had kids. Like, no. And I would go over and I would organize their house and I would help them schedule things. And I was like super passionate about it. And then I was like, you know what, Blaine, I want to start a blog on top of all the other things that I just said I was doing. Right. And then, and then it, it evolved and how I ended up here to kind of wrap this really long winded story up. I was, I started a blog and it was taking so long. And so then I started a podcast and the podcast was doing fine. I mean, it didn't have the growth that it has now because it was the beginning stages of it. And I was juggling all the things and I decided that I needed to lay down my event styling business because it wasn't financially profitable. And it just was a different season of life. We'd worked it for seven years and we'd worked ourselves into the ground with it. And although that was a really hard decision, it made way for me to pour into this. And when the pandemic hit and everyone was quarantined, people were no longer getting together, which meant my 25 hours a week of in-person interpreting went to nil. And so there was a little bit of remote virtual interpreting that was happening, but it really allowed me to fully pour into this company, which now I do full time. I have 11 earn- interns and three contractors and like, it's crazy. It's so fun. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a whole thing. So that's me. This is where I am. I love that. So I'm curious, just hearing the story where you found that you were in a place where you had this new husband and new baby and like, we're doing all the things and your systems were the reason why you were able to, to hold all of that while you noticed mm-hmm. other women couldn't. Have you always been like that? Like even when you were a kid or in high school, did you always have like systems? Is that just how your brain works? I, you know, I've never understood that it was systems. I actually worked with a coach and she was like, your systems, your systemize your life. And I was like, I'm not, that's boring. Well, now it's like, (laughs) it's the backbone of my brand. which is so funny. But you know, my mom, she used to get so irritated because when she would tell me to clean my room, I would take everything that was out and I would put it in categories and groups. And then I would put them in bags and I would would stack them in my closet. So, and you know, my dad is extremely systematic and I think I got that from him. He's a mechanic and you know, my mom kept an extremely tidy house. So when you come to the podcast, it is like full fruition of all the things that my mom and dad like poured into me out in one human. So, you know, I don't know that I would have called it systems, but I definitely was the captain of the cheer team. And like I was on, I was the person that did all of the events and organizing everything in the student student body for student council. So maybe I didn't recognize it then, but it seems yeah. like maybe there's a, there's a like common thread through all of that. Yeah. 
just kind of a gift you've always, always had from your parents. Yeah, like, yeah cool. I guess. So one of the things I've learned from you listening to your podcast and your website and stuff is about time blocking. And based on what you were doing and teaching, I like went out and I bought a paper planner and I bought all my little markers and pens and different colors and nerded out in that. And I know that so many of the moms listening are like, okay, tell me more. I want to hear about time blocking. I mm-hmm. feel like I have no control over my day, my time, no time for myself. So just tell us a little bit about how you explain it and then maybe where women can get started if it's something that they want to try. Yeah, I actually just did a podcast episode that released this morning that like goes so in depth on like the three things to do to just get started with my method. And so there's so much information, obviously, as you know, on my podcast that can really get you started with this. So if it piques your interest after we've talked about it, make sure you go and explore that because it really is the key to my success. And for thousands of women at this point, it's been a turning point for them. And I created this five block method. I call it the five block method. And it's just something that I invented to be able to keep my head on straight. And, you know, when I started going and teaching other women, these things that, you know, the story that I had just told you, I didn't understand that it was a method. It really took me wanting to teach it to other people. And I'm very methodical in my teaching. I really want there to be a step one, step two, step three, because if not, you're just kind of like, you know, hoping that somebody's going to catch on to what you're talking about. And so I've perfected it over time. And it just took time of me getting into my own life and realizing I am repeating so many things throughout the day that if like my closet, when I was a kid, I could just group these things together, it would make more sense to me. And it really did make more sense to me. And things do become less overwhelming and more clear when you can just look at all of the like items with like items and keep them together mm-hmm. and then move into the next. And so you're not taking everything that you have to do all day long and all week long and all month long and what you're supposed to do last week and what you were supposed to do yesterday. You're not taking all of those things and trying to fit them into today. And if you do have them in your brain all at once, you really are actively trying to get everything done at the same time because you have no distinction between what needs to be taken care of now versus Tuesday versus Friday versus in the morning or the afternoon. So you really, I have created this puzzle that allows me to fit together all of my pieces. And here's the other, here's the other part of the system that And why I think that it works for everybody, because I created it out of absolute necessity with my husband being a firefighter. He has a rotation that is never the same. So he works 48 hours and then he comes home for 96 hours. So he works for two days and he's off for four days. So that means when those four days are up, he goes back for two days. And if you do the math, that's six days, that's not seven days a week. So we're always on this rotation where this week he will work Monday, Tuesday, and then he'll be off. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then he'll work Sunday, Monday, and then he's off and then he'll work Saturday, Sunday. And so I never have been able to just depend on my husband will be home. I will have relief or we can always do date night on Wednesdays because this week he's home next week. He's home. And then for four weeks, he's not home on Wednesdays. Like it was just so much chaos. I I needed some consistency. And so I wanted to know that every single morning in my morning routine, regardless if he was home or not, these were the things that I could count on. And in my AM block, 
these were the things that I could count on regardless if he was home or not. And so I started taking all the things that I did in my life and I started putting them into groups. So grab your pen and paper. Here are my five blocks. I'll tell them to you right now. The first one is your morning routine block. The second one is your AM block and then your work block then your PM block and then your nighttime routine block. And if you take those five things and the first, the middle and the last, so your morning routine, your work and your nighttime routine block are really these blocks where you shouldn't be focused on your home or your kids or serving anyone else. You're really just focused on yourself, getting yourself prepared for the day and your morning routine block. And then in your work, you really should just be focusing on your work, not trying to do the dishes, not trying to do the laundry, not working on your personal to-do list. Like you're just focused on work when you're working. And then in your nighttime routine block, that's when you're focused on wrapping up your day. You're not looking at socials. You're not, I mean, maybe you're watching Netflix because that's what you wanted to do like that one night of the week, but it's not like a, I'm just going to check out. It's like an intentional time. And I don't do these perfectly. I really don't. And they ebb and flow with me. Sometimes I have a good solid nighttime routine block. That's like an hour and other days I don't. And my husband and I work on what we want these blocks to look like. I've dialed in my AM, my work and my PM block, like gangster style. Like I can count on that most days of the week, but my morning routine block and my nighttime routine block are probably my weakest and that's okay. Like it's, it's an evolution and they change with every season, you know, literally like the literal seasons will cause your time blocks to change. And then the seasons that your children are in and the seasons that you're in just within your monthly cycle will cause them to change. And there's a lot of variables. And so this is super flexible and that's what gave me the consistency without the rigidness that I really needed. Yeah. So you have those parameters, but you don't necessarily have to abide exactly by them in order for this system to work. It's so good. Right. Yeah. So a couple of things that I love about it too, and maybe you can speak on this is one, just getting stuff out of my brain and onto my calendar for the week or the month has given me so much peace, I think, and just allowed me to like feel less overwhelmed and anxiety. And then the other thing too, is that you can really schedule in time for yourself. And I think that's something that a lot of moms probably struggle with, right? Yeah, for sure. I think the beauty of it is when people come to this, they automatically start to panic because I don't put timestamps on them and I don't like create a schedule. It's a framework where things are supposed to live. Mm. So it's really an advanced, like the next step of this is to layer in your routine stacks inside of each of your blocks. And so you want to start building out each block like one month at a time or one week at a time, like you're not going to learn tomorrow how to put your entire life into these five blocks. It's a process. And so, you know, you can really start anywhere, but the PM block is a great block to start with because I feel like that is the cornerstone for every other block. It's what I like to call your anchor block. And inside of every block, you have anchor routines. And the reason why that one's so important is because especially if you have children, really, it's a game changer. If you don't get dinner prepared on time, then everyone eats late, then everyone goes to bed late, which then pushes into your nighttime routine, which to answer your question gets rid of your time to be able to breathe and have time for yourself. And so that's why we peel back into that. And then if you get into bed late, you then sleep in late, which then takes away from your time to be by yourself in the morning. So it's, that is the one trigger, the one time block and those anchor routines inside of that anchor block that really tip the dominoes 
for what's going to happen for the next 24 hours of your life, Yeah. Uh, which then, you know, if you get up late, then the kids are up late, then the lunches don't get packed, then the shoes don't get put on, then the things get forgotten, the violin's not in the car, right? And so then we're late to school, and then you're late to your work. And it's just like this domino effect that you really can control just by starting your PM block at the right time and having those routines in there that naturally guide you through one phase of, of your evening into the next. And it sets you up for success to be able to spend time by yourself and to pour into yourself. Yeah. That makes so much sense. The domino effect of it. And also like, I think for me, that time of day can be really triggering probably because I'm exhausted. And then Mm -hmm. it's like all the things, like everyone's coming home and then it's dinner and homework and Mm -hmm. bath and the whining and then bedtime and all that. So (laughs) I I feel that it's like, if I can get that block down, the flow that comes out of it is so Mm -hmm. powerful. Have you ever caught yourself wondering why you do the things you do? Like, why do you get so angry and yell at your kids when they're moving at a snail's pace in the morning? Or why is it so hard to relax when the house is a mess? If so, you've got to take my personality patterns quiz. Because here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. And over time, those defenses became a habit. And then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is really actually often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There's five different personality patterns. And they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategy that you immediately go to when you start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who you are, but rather what's actually blocking who you are. And the good news is that once you take the quiz and you learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern and then live and parent as your true and authentic self. So click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two minute personality patterns quiz. I want to talk a little bit about routines. Yeah. Obviously everyone can have their own routines, but just in your experience, the women that you work with, you doing it yourself, what are some of like maybe the morning or that PM block routine kind of stuff that you find to be most helpful or powerful for moms? Yeah. So the way that I teach this is to have like a solid three or four routine stacks and a routine stack is basically one set routine. So a routine houses a bunch of little teeny tiny tasks. So all those things in your brain that you're thinking about that you have to do should really be grouped underneath the umbrella of the after school routine or whatever you want to name it. But for me, my PM block starts as soon as I get done with my work block and there's no gap in between. It's straight into my PM block and it starts with the after school routine. And for me, that means having a snack prepared for my kids and I bring it with in the car. That's where that starts. And if I am behind the ball because I didn't wrap up my work, then I make sure that I have it for them and they know that they can count on it when they get home and they sit down at the table. So it starts with a snack and then it leads into homework. The kids are also involved in the after school routine stack. And this is like a full family thing. This is, this is my like, this is my strength, right? 
this doesn't, my, my husband's brain doesn't think the same way that mine. And I get a lot of pushback from people. Oh, your husband must be like you. No, he's not. He doesn't think like me. It takes a lot of communication. It takes a lot of patience with each other. It takes a lot of communication with the kids, a lot of patience with them. And so we're constantly working on these routines constantly. And the second that I give way and don't do them, everybody else gives way and doesn't do them. And you know, sometimes my husband's a really good lead in it because I'm not having the best day. And sometimes my kids step up and they see that mom's not having a good day and they'll step in and do it. And so the after school routine involves both of us. I have the things that are my husband and I both have the things because because he's a firefighter that when he's home, he's home for all parts of the day. It's not like he's only home <laughs> after six o'clock Monday through Friday, you know, so he gets to dive in and help with those things too, which is really cool. And we just flow through the after school routine. And those are all the little tasks, right? The kids come in, they unload their backpacks, they take the ice blocks out, they put them in the fridge. All these things that you typically would be thinking about that you have to do, it's just the after school routine. That's all it is. And then as soon as the after school routine gets done, we bump into the dinner routine and everybody has their part of that routine that they execute. And then after that, it's the bedtime routine for the kids. And that has its own series of things. So all I'm thinking about doing in my PM block are three things. After school routine, dinner routine, bedtime routine. And that is the monotony of my life. (laughs) But we have fun and we love it, you know? And that is, that's my job is to execute that well so that I can show up and love my kids hard through that process and, you know, learn to curtail the parts of my, the weaknesses in my personality that I really want to get better at with the anxiety and the anger and the frustration and the snapping and the bitterness and, you know, the pressure and the overwhelm. Like, I'm able to really work on being a better mom and being a better wife when I only have to think about an after school routine, a dinner routine, and bedtime routine. Right. Done. Right. So that's the other like silver lining of this whole thing is just being able to show up with so much more peace. Mm, yeah. That's the point of it all, right? That's why mm-hmm. why we do it. I'm just curious when you brought up like your husband for the moms who are listening and are like, okay, I want to try this. Uh, I'm just kidding (laughs) how do you coach them or is there a way to like bring it up to their kids or their husband and present it in a way that you know gets that buy-in and that that kind of teamwork I actually teach this in my course and people overlook this big time um it's the whole like force segment there's four segments that we go through and the last one is getting everybody involved. And I literally like give the scripts that I use to tell people how to do this because I minored in communication and in college. And obviously my major was sign language interpreting. And so dissecting language is my favorite thing in the whole world. Like I studied anthropology, like I'm obsessed with culture and language. And probably part of that too is psychology. And I, I feel like that's coming in the later years of my life. I'm really starting to get just nerding out on what makes people think the way that they think and so many different parts of that. And I think just when you're married, you kind of have to like step back a little bit and be like, why are they thinking that way? Cause they yes. think so differently than you, you know? <laughs> but yeah, so I, here's, here's what I have kind of narrowed this down to. The first thing is that you have to understand the system, like the back of your hand before you ever start trying to involve someone. Okay. So start testing it on the back end. And if, depends on where you're at in your marriage, if you have, if you are super dialed in with your husband, you guys can talk about a lot of things. 
You guys don't take each other too seriously, but you're super supportive of one another. You guys can hash this out together and try it. If your teamwork is not there and he's not super on board to try all the things and he's like, what the heck are you doing now? Just don't tell him. This will fly under, over, and everywhere on his radar and he'll never even pick it up. He won't even know that you're doing anything, you know? Like, they're just not plugged into it. My husband knows that this is what I do for a living and he never knows when I'm testing routines. Like he has <laughs> every once in a while, he'd be like, wait, we didn't do that last week. And I'll be like, let's skeet, you know, he'll, he'll pick up on it sometimes, but like, it's just not what they think about. And so that's the first place you should start. And you're going to pick one system or one routine and you're going to start that and you're going to try it and you're going to test it. Now let's talk about the language. How do you approach your kids if you're not approaching your husband yet? <clears throat> Obviously, this has to be age appropriate, but I've been doing with this with my kids since they were tiny, like infancy all the way through to now she's 10 years old. And so I've, it works at every single phase. You just have to break it down. So I always encourage hand over hand with your kids. When you're implementing a system with them, you have to be very involved for an indefinite amount of time. Do not give yourself, I mean, you'll have one kid that picks up on it in two days because they're the overachiever and they want to please you. And then you have the other kid that doesn't care to please a soul and just wants to go be a free spirit. (laughs) Will never, they will not. And so you are hand over hand, hand over hand, hand over hand. And what that means is with your little ones, you're literally walking them with your hand and their hand and your hand on the back of their shoulder. And you're saying, it's time to put shoes on now. And you sit down and you put shoes on with them. And you're literally doing their part of the routine with them every single day. Mm -hmm. And there will be a gradual release of responsibility for every kid at every age, including your husband's. Like you do the same thing in a very respectable and approachable with language that is not treating them like a child, but more so as a coach, right? And so this gradual release of responsibility looks like, hey, say you've done this for six weeks or six days, whatever you think is really working, and you're not getting a ton of pushback from that two-year-old or that 10-year-old. And then you say, hey, I'm going to pack your lunch right now. Can you please go put your shoes on? They've got it. They've done it with you. Or, hey, mom's going to go to the bathroom right now. And a lot of times I'm just testing them. Like last night, I just tested a gradual release of responsibility. It's the perfect example. When dinner is done, the kids go upstairs and they get ready for bed. Well, Bailey's five. We're just starting this with her. I mean, like she just turned five. So technically she's still transitioning out of being four. And I was like, okay, it's time for you to go upstairs. Can you please go get your teeth brushed? And can you get your pajamas on? I've been doing this with her. And for probably six months now, I've been sitting in her bedroom while she does it and not helping her. And then obviously I've been helping her brush her teeth because hygiene is real, but it's just the, can you go be independent and do this on your own? So last night I didn't even go upstairs. I sat and I started cleaning up the kitchen and had her go upstairs. She was in bed when I got upstairs, all things were done. And that's what I'm talking about. Like that is the kind of efficiency that you want, but I, we stick with these routines. Do we go on vacation? Yes. Do we get sick? Yes. Do we have, you know, fun every once in a while? Yes. But every other day of our lives, we're doing these routines. Like we're doing them because guess what? My kids feel proud of themselves. They have a sense of accomplishment. I had times to wrap up a few things downstairs before I went upstairs and I wasn't just sitting there staring at my children. Like (laughs) 
why am I sitting up here staring at you when you can be independent? Like, you know, there's just, and I say all this because I get, I get that some people are like, I'm not the one on the Enneagram. I'm not the A personality type. I'm not this. I'm not that. Yeah. But you're tired of running around like a chicken with its head cut off. Aren't you like live into this a little bit, a little bit goes a long way. It really does. And with the kids too, I'm just thinking like what, like you were saying, just a beautiful sense of independence and autonomy that you're Mm -hmm. giving them. And I think for people who are like hesitant, maybe like our kids can do so much more than we probably even think they can, right? Like they're so capable. They're so stinking capable and we don't know it because this generation of parenting is doing everything for their children. My, We're at the point, I'm pretty cutthroat about this. When my kids say, can I have more milk, please? I'm like, you can. I And then they say, will you please get me another glass of milk? I will. Like you really have to stop and just take a quick pulse of what's going on with children around. And if you want your children to stand out and have opportunities, a little bit of forcing them and guiding them to have some independence is going to go a long way. Teaching them how to ask for what they need, teaching them to be observant, teaching them that a little bit of routine is actually going to give them the outcome that they want. So we rewarded our kids with one-on-one time at the end of bedtime routine for a long time and they still kind of get that so if they go in and they follow bedtime routine then they get that 15 to 30 minutes one-on-one with mom and dad without their siblings around and or sometimes it's just mom and then we switch and then sometimes it's just dad and I think it's just such a beautiful thing to slow down and take the time to really craft and create your home to look the way that you want it to look instead of being so caught up in all the things that you have to do. For sure. And I would also imagine that for most families and for most kids, like they really thrive just Mm -hmm. on that routine, right? And the predictability that comes with it. And I think probably a sense of like safety in that they can anticipate what's coming next, right? Absolutely. You're going to get a huge improvement in behavior, a huge improvement in their emotional regulation and their abilities to cope, their ability to communicate because there's predictability. And I think, you know, there's so much that we can talk about in this, but that's why I created these time blocks because I wanted to be able to really focus on my kids in the moment that it was in. And in and in every moment that it was in, like, I didn't just want to be visible during dinner and bedtime. I wanted to be able to walk hand in hand and show them how to hold the toothbrush and, and have the time to show my left-handed daughter how to turn the toothbrush around and brush the other side of her teeth and how it's to like, in the morning, how to make her own bed. Like, I wanted to be able to teach her these things and not just like, show up and not just be there. There was so much more than creating a work from home job for me. It was actually this, this burning desire to say, I don't want to be working when my kids are around. And sometimes I do. I'm not perfect at this. And there are levels. There's levels to all of this. You're not going to come out of the gate knowing how to do what I've been practicing for decades, for years, literally 10 years I've been practicing this with my kid 
And I'm going to get even better at it. I'm going to get even better at it. You know, I have dreams of having a work phone and a personal phone so that I'm never mixing the two. Like I have big dreams for getting back to the basics in my house Mm -hmm. and it starts with these time blocks. And so no matter where you're at, when you're listening to this, there's a starting point for you, whether it's one routine inside of one time block or it's all of them because you've already kind of got the knack for it and you just want to evolve, but it really is an evolution that I'm obviously extremely passionate about. <laughs> yeah. And I can, like, for good reason, right? Man. Cool. I want to talk a little bit about weekends. Cause I'm just curious, like, are there things that we can be doing mm. in our weekends that are a little more intentional and purposeful to set us up for the next week, or even just to like have a moment to decompress? Yeah. I'm like, okay, let me out of the gate. I want to say all the answers. It's so great. Yes. And the funny thing is, is that we don't have weekends in my house because like, again, my husband's off for four days. So like, what's today? Today's Tuesday. Yeah. Like, see, I don't even know what day it is most of the time because he's off now for four days. He'll be home Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then he's gone Saturday, Sunday. So like, (laughs) I needed, and we talk about this all the time. I'm like, I need to know like the things that have to get done. And, and now I just make them happen on Saturday and Sunday if he's here or if he's not, because I need that reset. And so, yeah, this is what I call resetting my home management system and the home management. I sell my home management system. That is the product that I sell. And it's actually not just a product. It's, it's a program because I realized that so much accountability needs to come with this to help these women get to the point to where they want to be. So a product, I have a product and then I have support, which makes it a program, right? And this is, this is what you have to do every weekend. You have to reset your home management system, whether or not you have all of the moving pieces of the home management system in place, it doesn't matter. If you have one thing in place, you have to reset it every weekend. So I teach a seven day reset and a seven day planning period. I don't do a days at a time because you're too dialed in. And I don't teach a month at a time because you're too zoomed out. Okay. Not that either one of those are bad to, to see and to recognize, but to actually manage, I do seven days at a time. Managing anything more or less than that, I don't feel like is super effective. So on the weekend, yes, there are some pivotal, pivotal things that I do. And the first one is my meal, what I call my meal planning. But the meal planning and is setting up the meals for the week, going to the grocery store, taking all the old stuff out of the fridge, wiping down the shelves, putting the new stuff in the fridge, and then making sure that we're all set for the week. And sometimes I'll prep a few things while I'm at it. And I don't necessarily always do that on the same day, especially the prepping with the grocery store. But I've got that down in literally from planning to inventorying writing the grocery list, going to the grocery store, coming home and swapping out old food for new food and having it all cleaned in two hours, which is epic. And my kids go with me. My kids go with me. It's amazing. We have so much fun. It is a blast. My daughter and I, like my 10 year old, she's doing math. Like she's learning how much are we paying for shrimp because it's 9.99 per pound. How many pounds did we get? Like she's crunching numbers in the grocery store my youngest daughter, she's like, there's so much exposure. There's so much language. There's so much one-on-one. There's so much bonding that can happen in the grocery store. Stop ordering your groceries online. Just kidding. Don't hate me because I said that. I really love everybody. (laughs) I love no matter what, as long as you find something that works for your family, that's what you want to do. But I 
can't get over the richness that happens in the grocery store. I can't get over it. It's my favorite thing. I wore my babies when they were tiny and we would, we would, we would just expose language and language and language and language. It's my favorite place. I still make them go with me, even though my 10 year old's like, can I just stay home by myself? I'm like, no, get in the car. (laughs) So that is like, that's the number one. That's going to save you hundreds. I save. I literally have been, have been looking and I will save two to $400 a week just by doing that system. Because when I know what's for dinner, it's so much more, it's, it's so much more efficient when you already know what's for dinner. When you wake up, I know what, I know what we're having every day this week. Right. And so we're not going out to eat as much. So that's the first thing. Here's the second one. I'm just going to give you the two biggest ones. The second one is setting up your time blocks for the week. So getting out your paper planner, putting your time blocks in. And I teach a hybrid method. So you, you use your Google calendar for your appointments, right? And I don't carry my paper planner around with me everywhere. I put my appointments, my time stamped appointments where me or a child or a pet or someone in the family would be considered tardy or absent. That would be in the Google calendar, but my time blocks are all in my paper planner that set my intentions and it shows my routine stacks, the things that you can't really put in a Google calendar. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things that I do every weekend. Mm-hmm. What a, what a practice. Yeah. I love it. Right. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. This has been really helpful. Even as someone who's been doing the time blocking for a while, I feel like I'm learning new things. And you also mm-hmm. have inspired me to take my kids to the grocery store <laughs> with me. I feel like I've been ordering groceries for a while now. Here's the thing with that. You don't have to take all of them together. Yeah. So I started with my little one, my little, there was a season where my oldest one didn't go with us for a long time because I really had to work on patience and behavior. Mm -hmm. And just my, my youngest one, Bailey is, you know, she cares to make other people happy, but not her own expense. (laughs) My oldest one will sacrifice herself to make mom happy. And my youngest one is just much more of a free spirit. And so we work a lot on how do you behave in a grocery store? Whenever mom's talking to someone, how do you not interrupt? And, you know, with the younger ones, she, she like expires at four 30 every afternoon and it's like done. It's like super done. And so we have to make sure we get to the grocery store before that. And then we were working around nap times when she was younger, like it's really bad. And so I had to navigate those things with her but I didn't want to miss that window of opportunity of actually training her with the grocery store. And there's, listen, I'm going to go on a tangent really quick. There's so much more. Your children are missing. They're missing what food actually means. And we are even removed from the process of how the food gets to the grocery store. Yeah. And so much of that is a cornerstone for their actual physiological, emotional, mental health for the rest of their life by just understanding what food means in our lives. Mm-hmm. I healed my autoimmune disorder with food. And so I'm really, really, really a huge stickler on this, if you can't tell. But there's so many levels to why the grocery store is one of the most amazing things that you could do with your kids. And just the amount of eye contact that I make with my kids in that one trip to the grocery store is a game changer for our bonding, regardless if you care about food, if you care about anything, just that alone. You, we make it fun. We make it really fun. We play games on who's the first person that can find something yellow when they're two and when they're three. And now it's like, okay, we play the alphabet game and we see who can find the letter A, then the letter B, then the letter C, then the letter D. And we do, we do letter and number recognition. Like this is what we're doing through the grocery store, you know? So yes. And 
I've ordered online before when I was super sick and I couldn't get to the grocery store and it is magical for that. And maybe this is not the thing that you want to use to be able to, you know, pour into your children and that's okay. This is just something that I love. And this is not what this episode was supposed to be about, but you guys, you guys just got like a whole nother bonus. (laughs) No, I really appreciate that invitation to reframe my grocery shopping because I think you're absolutely right. I think it's so true. I noticed with mine too, my oldest is almost, is five, almost six, five and a half. And the grocery store has been a place too where I can be like, she knows where the bread is. And it's like her first foray into like going by herself, you know, like without like I'm like peering around the corner, but she can kind of go get stuff and come back and um, really do things on her own too. Yeah, it's cool. Yep. Awesome. This has been so good for everyone listening who just wants more Chelsea Joe. Tell them the name <laughs> of the podcast and then just kind of tell them where else they can find you. I know your Facebook group too is like fire. So make sure you let them know about that too. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. So the podcast is systemize your life and you can, or chelseajoe.co is where you can get connected with me on pretty much anything. And the systemize your life is the podcast. Systemize your life is a Facebook group. It's kind of like my after party for the podcast. We really get in and talk about like what you're doing. If you want help, if you like want to try this time blocking thing and take a picture and post it in the Facebook group, I've got people in there that will help you with it. And I pop in there too. Like I'm, I'm in there, uh, but I just focus so much more on my student community now than I do the general community because I really want the people that are investing in themselves and putting the time and the money and the heart behind my program to have a little bit more time with me than the people in the general community. But I've trained some incredible um, people on my team to be able to really get in there and help the women that are in the Facebook group too. And again, I am in there and they sometimes they'll be like, hey, you're going to want to see this and they'll pop me a link and I'll go in there and support. So yeah, that's where you can find me. Systemize your life. Check out the website, chelseajoe.co and come connect with me. Yeah. And guys, her podcast is so digestible, I guess, if if that's a good word, like about 20 minute episodes. I listen to them in the car. It's like, I hate listening to them in the car because their episodes, like when you warn about like, you need a pen and paper or I like listen again on one and a half. Cause it's like so good that I like need to be able to like write. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm just so grateful for you and the work you're doing and the impact you're having on people like me that you don't even know that you're, that you're having. So thank you for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. It's awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's an honor. And I really, I can't say it enough. Like it makes me so happy to know that the time that I put in behind my mic matters to people. And so no matter how big or how small come over, send me a DM. Like I voice people back. Like this is my work and it's so important for me to connect with people. So I appreciate you having me. If you love mommy's podcast, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, They really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram at themotherhood.podcast. I love to hear from you. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Motherhood Podcast. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com, where you'll find free resources, information on how to join and participate in the Motherhood Village, and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Oh,